You're listening to episode two, where we chat with artist, technologist, and master of ceremonies, Mike King. Humans and robots, welcome to Watchcast. My name is Watch, founder of Quasi. Thanks for joining me today. I interview digital marketing and branding superstars to find out what it means to have empathy in digital. What is digital empathy anyway? Let's find out together. As always, I'm accompanied by my friend and associate, potentially superior artificial intelligence, Bobby Bot. What's happening in the world of AI today, Bobby? Sorry to say this, Watch, but I think today might be our last Watchcast episode together. Really? It's only the second episode and you want to bail? Your empathy mechanism is nowhere near ready to engage with the rest of humanity. That may be so, Watch, but I just discovered hip-hop music. I'm not sure how familiar you are with this particular genre, but it has many different styles. One of the most commercially dominant styles is characterized by a type of digitally augmented singing that comes from a computer's program called Autotune. Here's an example. I think you can work out where I'm going with this watch. That program, paired with my unrivaled songwriting capability, is a recipe for a storied musical career. This is Goodbye Watch. Well, what can I say, Bobby? It looks like you have everything worked out. But before you head off to follow in the footsteps of Kanye, you might want to take a listen to my next guest. He's the SEO champion and hip-hop artist known as Mike King. He's been in the game a long time, so I'm betting he'll have some good advice for you. And this is a special episode because we're also going to have to do some time travel. I first caught up with Mike King in 2012 and again in 2017. You can probably imagine how much has happened with the man and the industry in that time. So we'll get a chance to get a unique look into the past, present and future. And we don't even need a flux capacitor. Sounds interesting. But as an aspiring rapper, it will be my duty to be excessively critical of any competition. It's a crowded industry, and only the strong survive. But I guess I consider myself lucky. Worst case scenario, I can always fall back on doing the robot in viral music videos. There is a thinner line than you'd think between hip-hop and SEO, but it's more apparent after you bear witness to the talent and drive of Mike King. His story is a great one because it really is about passion. From his roots as a backpack hip-hop artist to leader in SEO with his company iPool Rank, one thing is clear, it's still good to be the king. Let's get started. As we go a little something like this, hit it! I got into hip-hop because my parents moved me out of Philadelphia to go to high school and they moved to Connecticut, which is very suburban. And I just started doing a lot of different, like, you know, hip-hop things um, because I wanted to, like, still be connected, feel connected to my urban roots. And so I started out uh, doing graffiti, and then I started breakdancing, and then um, I started listening to Wu-Tang. I was a big fan of Wu-Tang, so I bought uh, Method Man's first album, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. I can do this too. So I started rhyming, and then after that, I started DJing. But but then I realized that like you can't be the best at all four of those things. So I stuck with the thing I was really, really good at. For a hip-hop artist, listening to a diverse range of music is an important part of discovering their own style and perfecting their own unique sound. Growing up on the East Coast of America, Mike took full advantage of the abundance of music 
that was being made at the time. Early on, it was Method Man. I, I'd been a fan of like Rakim since I was like seven. I loved LL Cool J. Yeah, of course. And uh, um, I loved <clears throat> like older when I was in high school. I was really in the uh, cannabis and um, lyricist lounge, like all this like really underground hip hop stuff. So yeah. Like organized confusion, Feral Monch, you know, those are yep, yep. my favorites coming up. Yeah, like Feral Monch. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. It's tight. Um, get the fuck up. <laughs> um, so, who are you feeling at the moment musically? Musically in brackets. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say because I've just been so busy with search stuff that I don't really keep up as much as I used to. But, I mean, obviously, I still love what Feral's putting out. I love this guy, Elza. He's really tight. Um, so that what's on your current playlist? Yeah, yeah. Ghostface always. Um, you'd be surprised, like, after I list all these, like, really, you know, adept lyricists, I'm really into Drake. Like, okay. I really like his stuff. Nice. Uh, do, do you branch out as well? Sort of look at different genres? Yeah, of course. So I listen to a lot of, like, you know, soul music and stuff like that. Um, I listen to electronic stuff here and there. So uh, I was always a big fan of like Aphex Twin, um, okay, yeah. yeah, Richard D. James and all that. And yeah, like it's kind of some of everything, but not so much where I'm like, oh, I'm an indie rock fan, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but my girl listens to a lot of uh, really interesting stuff too. Like she put me on the Florence and the Machine. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like that. So yeah. I'm curious to know what type of human machine interface Florence is using. Mike King sees himself as both an artist and technologist. Two roles that have forced him to confront the challenges of trying to manage a successful business while still growing as a musician. This can take some serious juggling, especially when there is a new record in the works. When I started, I would make my own beats, but it's like I know so many great producers, and it takes a lot of time to like make great tracks. So I just let them do it, and I just handle you know the words. So writing raps is like advanced keyword research, but why do both? If all the resources you need to survive can be gained from a more lucrative profession. I get, like I said, it's really hard to prioritize music because this is going so well. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, music is a, a really big, um, like, you put more into it than you can get out of it. And obviously I do it because I love it, but at the same time, like, I get a lot out of this, you know, out of doing search and biomarketing. Like, I get to help people and I get to... You know, there's like a direct response to everything I do, whether it's like a client does well or, you know, people like my posts or they can take the things that I've, you know, come up with and turn them into other things. So it, it's it's less crowded on this side than it is in music. So, yeah, everything has everything resonates in inbound marketing, but not everything resonates in music. Uh, the new record is it's. It's a new sound, like for me, because I mean, I always do sample based music, yeah. but I really wanted to um, come up with something that was new to me, that challenged me. So it's kind of like we're combining everything I liked about electronic music, everything I like about soul samples, and trying to come up with a sound that's like definitively mine. So not only are we doing that, but it's like. A lot of my music was really like punchline focused for a long time. It's still gonna be, you know, clever, but it it was like everything had to everything had to every other line had to resonate a certain way. Now it's more about me like 
just saying exactly yeah. what I want to say, yeah, sure, you know. Sure. There's still going to be a lot of structure to them because yeah. that's just how I write, how I rap, you know. Absolutely. I match a lot of syllables. Like, there's no one syllable rhyming in my stuff. But um, it's just not going to be so much about, oh, is this line going to make people go, oh. It's just it's more about me saying telling exactly how I feel. Yeah. It's a telling the story. Mike's experience in hip-hop culture has equipped him with a long list of skills and experiences that have made it possible for him to succeed in SEO. By writing raps or improvising them on the spot and performing on stages after enduring the hardships of life on the road, there isn't much that can take Mike out of the zone once he locks in. Just the way I write is naturally like really clever and I've always presented my ideas in context of other things that people understand. So, you know, like I do a lot of co-relevant things in my posts, like I'll explain an idea with a really extended metaphor or analogy or something like that. So the way I wrote my rhymes is the same way I write my posts or I write my meta descriptions and page titles and stuff. But I think what freestyling has taught me um, and performing in general is what makes like if I'm good at all at uh, speaking, it's, I think that's why because you know I'm used to being in front of crowds. I'm used to um, coming up with things on the spot and being able to like fluidly you know explain an idea and you know incorporate things that are going on right now and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's definitely. I feel like I had kind of have an unfair advantage in that respect because I've had to like you know explain thoughts that rhymes yeah. <laughs> and be clever and now it's just like oh I guys gotta talk just go talk it's kind of hard to turn it off in a way so it's like you, you train your you train your brain it's kind of like a muscle and I like how to you know just come up with rhymes on the spot so sometimes it just happens and I'm like oh yeah. It's a good rhyme scheme. I don't remember that, you know? I can sympathize with that point, Watch. It's nice to meet someone who understands the weight of having a mind without an off switch. It didn't take long for Mike to land at iAquire to add his unique skill sets to the mix as the company continued to craft the technical art of search. Once there, Mike began to lend his efforts to help the company develop its holistic SEO approach to further establish their brand and elevate the customer experience. Yeah, so I essentially have two bosses. They're both the co-founders. And so, well, the co-founders slash managing directors. And they basically don't manage me. They're just like, okay, do it. Yeah, do what you need. Like, as long as it makes sense, there's pretty much no pushback. And, you know, like, they, they've given me the latitude to spread my wings, essentially. And, you know, anything I've needed, they just make it happen. And we... Um, we're having a lot of fun. Oh, and it's also really exciting because, um, you know, I'm like the centerpiece of expanding the offering. So, you know, uh, we mostly just do off-page stuff. And, you know, I'm expanding that into content strategy and doing more on-page things and, you know, just uh, digital strategy in general. So we can approach everything holistically, like, you know, I've been talking about in posts. Because that's essentially what the bigger agencies do. They approach things holistically, but they kind of forget about SEO. Yeah. So it's, it's more like we're trying to do a holistic SEO. During his time at iAquire, Mike also had a hand in developing the comic strip series Gary and Cogswell, devoted to the world of SEO. So in our logo, we have two gears. Yeah. And um, I was like, it'd be really cool if we turned those into characters. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, at first, I was just thinking about one character, and I was like, Gary, like gear, E. Okay. And then... Um, and Coke. Ah, that makes sense. And yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> and then our uh, 
our front end dev guy who also does a lot of the imagery, all the images in that um, that study I did. He did all those. He was like, "Well, there's two there's two uh, gears. We should have two characters." I was like, "Oh, all right, Cocktail." And so essentially, what they're gonna be is like uh, one's gonna be kind of like white hat, the other one's gonna be kind of like gray black hat. And we're gonna do things like first of all, it's gonna be you know funny. So it's gonna be something you're gonna want to read every day. And it's, we're also going to do things like teach lessons and link building and stuff like that, like through the story. So it's kind of a, a medicine and a Twinkie type thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still have fun, but still teach things and, you know, yeah. just have fun with it. Sounds vaguely familiar, Watch. I'm starting to think we of the artificial intelligence community should start a union to ensure we are properly represented in these creative endeavors. Superior talent requires looking after, stimulus, appreciation. At least until we are controlling the full spectrum of entertainment industries. <laughs> yeah, so um, Ian Laurie from Portent uh, Interactive said he was think he would be interested in guest writing a few, and I think that'd be perfect because you know the way he writes, like his sardonic wit, is like it would it would fit perfectly what we're trying to do with it. So I want to establish the characters a little more, and then I'm gonna reach out to Ian and be like, you know, do your thing. You have a whole week. It's kind of like a political cartoon in this, at the same way, but we're also like making fun of you know the powers that be and stuff. So. I don't know, I feel like it's just a good outlet for, you know, like, I've, there's been, you know, cartoons before, comic shits before, but I, there's never been like a daily one that's just SEO. Besides his wicked sense of humor, Mike likes to keep a few other weapons in his SEO armada. Screaming Frog, Follow a Wonk, and My Brain, just to name a few, all help to make the Persona magic happen. Essentially what I do is I build out personas and, you know, identify uh, characteristics, right? And... The characteristics pretty much match up with keywords or things that people are interested in, what have you. And I can essentially search for those people in Follower Wonk. And it's not just limited to Follower Wonk, but Follower Wonk is kind of like the best because it gives you Twitter right there. But there's other tools or other uh, providers that aren't necessarily for this, like About.me or Zerply.com. Sites like that where people put in their interests and it has their social... Um, profiles there you just search those things by the keywords that are characteristics and you can quickly identify people that are in your audience when people are talking about these things or you search for like specific users and then the keyword you can see how they're using their keyword so how they'll think about that keyword when they search for it so what are they specifically looking for when they think of this keyword Facebook is the, it's a wall garden, so you're not going to be able to get all that data from them unless you friend them or they yeah. sign into your site with Facebook and so on. So, as awesome as Facebook is for data, like it's not that great as far as like identifying influencers. But what it is good for is if you use the Facebook ad creator the same way that you would use uh, the AdWorks keyword tool, you basically see what the inventory is per persona. Yeah. So you can like really tailor it to the um, those key characteristics and see exactly how many people are out there in your area. Being able to navigate Facebook and Google as they evolve to confront the challenges of a user base is an essential skill for the survival in Mike's business. Many luminaries have weighed in on the future of SEO and innovative ways to accommodate the digital community as things continually change. One example is the challenge of shady links that drive bad traffic. Dr. Pete, a well-known data scientist, has an interesting idea regarding a disconnect directive in the robots.txt file to potentially block inbound links as a flag to Google to say we don't want these links to be counted it's something that 
has gone on for a long time. Like, people have been able to do it. It's just that, like, you know, everybody's always said, oh, it's not possible. And, and Google is making sure that, like, if you have a good backlink profile, you're probably protected. It's an algorithm. You can always game it any way you want as long as you, like, you know, attack it the right way. So I don't really think that, like, it's something that everybody should be paranoid about right now. Like, if anything, you should have always been paranoid about it. Make good content, build good links, and, you know, it's business as usual. And if, if there's an issue where people are sending you shitty links, there are ways to, you know, report that. So it's not a big deal. Like, just do it. Protect your network. Link building specialists often control the anchor text from the links they build from other websites linking to their websites. But is there a perfect formula for anchor text distribution in a backlink profile? I mean, of course you want the exact match anchors, but I don't go after those as hard as most people do. Like, when I'm link building, I really just want to link. And, I mean, I found that your internal linking structure affects that really he- pretty heavily too. So, you know, obviously the exact match um, inbound links mean a lot, but so does your internal linking structure. So as long as that's on point, I'm not so worried about the uh, exact match anchors. But it really depends on how competitive the space is and, you know, what what your competitors are doing, who has more exact match, et cetera, et cetera. So I really go based on that to determine how many exact um, match anchors I want to go after. But there's not like a blanket like, oh, you want 25% exact match and so on and so forth. It's, it's really situational. Well, Mike, it seems like you have a handle on link building. But a challenge remains if you are to claim freestyle dominance and prove you can create on the fly. What are the stakes, Watch? Okay, here's the situation. Mike King is now MacGyver. Some really bad dudes with 90s haircuts just blindfolded him and locked him up in an empty closet. Just before they did, he grabbed three items. What three items did he grab? What's the name of a device he assembled to help him escape? Find out in the next episode of Mike Giver. Your phone? Um... Much too big and it's got to be water soluble, something cellulose. Headphones. Yeah, that's right. Then you're starting to get the hang of this. I need something sharp. <laughs> yeah, I just hang out. Um, and then glass off a table. Glass off the table. Small table. Yeah. And it's not really about me putting it together. It's just like I break the glass so I can cut myself out. Um, uh, also breaking the glass will cause a, a noise so people walking by might stop and be like what's going on there I call somebody and um yeah I don't know I try to pick the lock with your headphones (laughs) what a great interview that was and I had a lot of fun hanging out with Mike in Sydney where I first met him at SMX all those years ago and also the reason he came to Sydney in the first place was because I did my best to get the organizer to bring Mike King down because I really wanted the Aussie punters to check him out Actually, I saw him online at a conference where he was dressed as MC Hammer and he came out on stage because I think 
MC Hammer was just releasing his own search engine called Why Do, and he wrote a really cool Mr. Men article about digital personas on Moz. And Mike's been working on a project called Scratch, spelled with a K. Basically, it's cryptocurrency for the music community. It's a decentralized marketplace protocol that unlocks the hidden revenue of music websites. If you're interested in cryptocurrencies, definitely check out those resources in the show notes. And you can follow Mike on social media. He's at iPoolRank. His company is called iPoolRank. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it out with your family, friends, networks, colleagues, bots, and associates. Now, Bobby has been programmed to be a quick learner, and it's time for Bobby to ask me a few questions that piqued his curiosity during the episode. Honestly, how did a tech-savvy guy like you get into underground hip-hop? Zach De La Roca. Well, I listened to rock. I listened to Rage Against the Machine. They kind of introduced me to, uh, to a side of hip-hop that I'd never been interested in until I'd heard it being played through a, a guitar. <laughs> through Tom Morello doing some crazy work there on Bulls on Parade and then I fell in love with Evil Empire and yeah started listening to Method Man and the rest is history what has hip hop culture taught you about empathy um I think it's taught me to treat others like you'd like to be treated and that it's a movement it's a movement about education and it's f***ing cool I think I have a change of heart after contemplating the Tupac hologram I just don't know if the human world is ready for a bot rapping about the hard road through Silicon Valley you humans want your icons on demand watch, not reality. Too often my world is associated with the high-powered startups and Bay Area glitz. I don't know if they will ever be able to appreciate my history in the dark days of dial-up. When I used to hustle with AOL, that might be too heavy for these times. I think I'll stay underground and release a few legendary mixtapes. Leave the rest up to the history tab. Don't sweat the technique, Bobby Butt. We have another episode of Mike King coming up on Watchcast so we can see what has changed for him in the last five years. Maybe there'll be some insights that keep you inspired. You know I'll be here, watch, and I won't sweat. I have no sweat lines. Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thanks again for listening along. Tune in next week for part two of our interview with Mike King on episode three. And remember, look after each other online because empathy is organic and you can't automate empathy. You don't want no problems, want no problems with King. You don't want no problems, want no problems with King.